Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 18 of the EdTech Distilled podcast. My name is Adam Geis, and with me, as always, Dave Lurch. Hey, Dave. Hey, Adam. How are you? You know what? I'm doing okay. I'm surviving. How about yourself? I'm surviving as well. You know, what's kind of interesting is we're talking about surviving, and I think a lot of teachers are surviving as well. And it's funny that that's our conversation right now, because I think recently, didn't we record a podcast with some other people where we really talked about that topic? Or am I not remembering that right? No, I think we did. It was, we recorded a podcast uh, with two guys, one from the LTC, the Learning Technology Center in Illinois, and the other one from up up in Chicago. Um, right. So Sandwich, our, our buddies, Matt... Matt Jacobson and Dr. Nick Sutton um, right. were gracious enough to have us on a podcast. And in their podcast, the podcast it was um, Learning Through Leading, uh, they were mm-hmm. looking for some guests. We were uh, able to join them. We Our schedules worked out. Uh, and so we had a nice little four-way conversation about some of the uh, the stuff that, uh, that we had learned, obviously, through this you know, tumultuous time, tumultuous time in education uh, through COVID, how teachers uh, can, you know, maintain the personal balance, uh, you know, during these rough times and things like that. And it was a pretty emotional conversation. Yeah, um, it, it definitely was something that at first I thought would be, we, we kind of ha- were focused on one general topic about things we would change in education or things we would keep or, you know, things we've learned. And uh, what was interesting is I think we're all in very sensitive places as educators just because of the challenges that, it, that we're being faced with on a day-to-day basis for literally the better part of two years. And uh, uh, those questions then ended up turning into a really deep conversation about, you know, leadership and and how to stay, you know, stay humble and how to stay focused and how to still enjoy your job despite dealing with really hard things. So it, it was, a, I right. thought it was a fantastic conversation. Absolutely. Uh, and since it was so good, why don't we play it for, uh, for our listeners? Hey, right, you know you what? Think? That's a swell idea. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have that planned at all. Uh, so we're going to play this. You can also find this podcast on the learning through leading, uh, podcast as well with those two guys. But, uh, we figured we'd go ahead and cross post it here as, uh, as we thought there was some pretty good information that you guys might want to hear. So uh, let's go ahead and roll uh, that beautiful bean footage, as they say. Uh, Dave, any uh, any closing words before we switch over to those gentlemen? No, just what was that dog's name from the Bush's Baked Beans? Remember. I don't remember. Okay. It might have been. Maybe tweet at us if you know that dog. Yeah, let us know who the dog's name was. Uh, oh, and uh, next week... Right. Yeah, that is. If you get nothing else out of this, remember who the bean footage dog is. Uh, But check out the podcast as well for uh, the next episode as a sort of special announcement. Um, So keep Mm -hmm. your eyes open for that one. And uh, and then we'll see you in the future. So, um, all right. Enjoy the podcast. And thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Learning Through Leading podcast. We have been out for a while. Uh, If you are just joining us for the first time, my name is Matt Jacobson, and joining us virtually, as always, Dr. Nick Sutton. Nick, how are you doing? I'm great. It's good to be back. It's fun to network. And, you know, if anybody's out there is kind of wondering, well, you know, what's with like the couple of week uh, extra break? Like everybody else in education, we're stressed out, we're overwhelmed, COVID this, COVID that. So it's 
it's fun to be back, Matt. And we got a couple of special guests that got their own podcast. Um, what do you know about these guys? What are they all about? We are going to be joined today by David Lurch and Adam. Uh, help me, Adam. Is it Geisen? It is Geisen. Nicely oh. done. Okay. Um, and uh, starting off well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand. Um, and uh, uh, I've worked with David professionally, and I um, also happened to stumble across a session they were giving at the uh, Illinois Ed Tech Conference um, in in the fall on podcasting. And these guys have their own podcast. So, Adam, David, tell us who you are. Tell us about your podcast and, and what do you do when you're not podcasting? Well, uh, so the podcast, and I, Dave, feel free to jump in at any time. Um, uh, so the podcast is really sort of uh, something that came about, and we may talk about this a little bit, but uh, Dave and I, a year or so ago, were talking about getting the Southern Illinois Google Educator Group going again. Uh, we kind of had a little thing going. It's sort of fallen again to the, like you said, we're stressed. Things There's a lot going on, and like extra projects don't always make it to the top of the uh, priority list. Um, so it's kind of, uh, you know, gone a little bit from the wayside, but he and I, in talking about, you know, what we wanted to do, put together this meeting list and the meeting list sounded exactly like a podcast podcast layout. And, and he and I both listen to podcasts pretty, uh, adamantly. And, um, and so I, you know, it just kind of, we were talking with some other people, but I messaged him personally and I'm like, Hey, do you just want to. You just want to start a podcast, and we both have interest in um, in bourbon and alcohol and things like that. And so we thought this would be a great opportunity for us to get together to talk um, about education and and drink a little bit of alcohol in the process, and then talk to some cool people. And that's pretty much what it's become. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a pretty fun little podcast. That's a succinct way of describing that too. Yeah. And and the name of the podcast, Ed Tech it's, Distilled. Ah, there it is. That, I like it. That's clever. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good, guys. That's we've good. had some cool people on with us too. Uh, we we've kind of approached like getting guests as just shoot your shot and uh, see who we could get. And I mean, with you know, within us starting, we were able to get uh, people like Matt Miller and Eric Kurtz and and some other really neat um, people on there. And what's been cool about this experience, I think, is that because it's such a casual conversation, we're not sitting in front of these people and saying. Hey, you know, uh, tell us about your book. When did you write the book? At what point did you realize you wanted to write the book? You know, instead, it's it's a lot more conversational. We've had some amazing conversations with really interesting people, and um, I know we've really expanded our our knowledge base from this because uh, there are some incredible educators out there who are more than willing to 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 hop in and share everything they can. Yeah, it's been really fun. Dave Lurch, I think, is the only, or Dave Lurch, Dave Grohl, I think, is the only one who hasn't responded to our I, attempt. I at did. A guest I've tweeted that's, at him. That's an impressive request. I've I, tweeted at him well, like 15 times. <laughs> he so, hasn't said anything yet. One day. He, that's our he hope. Hasn't, I did get a restraining order in the mail. I don't well, know. Well, he hasn't said no. I'm not hearing that he said no. I'm not hearing that he said no. <laughs> yes, that's Nick, true. If you don't say no, as far as it's, I know, I'm going to keep pushing the issue. So, And that is positive thinking. And that's why we keep doing it. That's right. That's the secret. We're willing it into existence. This is my truth. Is what I would say. <laughs> well, um, so David, Adam, when you are not um, podcasting and uh, enjoying a nice distilled beverage off school property and after school hours, of course. Exactly. That's that's the key. Nice. That sometimes Dave? limits our the time of when we can record. That's a right. Good point. right. Yes. So so what do you what's your day job? 
Uh, so I, I, I work at uh, uh, Marissa Community Unit District 40 in a district position. Um, I serve our district as a uh, coach. Originally, I was a sixth grade math and science teacher for the better part of 13 years, and uh, the pandemic hit, and they moved me out of the classroom uh, so that I could support our teachers as a triage position. And then uh, it's turned into more of a coaching position, and then slowly I've taken on some administrative roles. So um, I like to say my job is primarily coach and uh, educational technology implementation, but most of my job is the third part, which is duties to be named later. That's primarily what I do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, my story is uh, my story is similar. I'm a, a tech director at a small district uh, in Fairview Heights, Illinois, so just outside of St. Louis. Um, and I'm the only tech person in the district, which is a new experience. I was a tech coach previously, and then I taught um, high school English for about 17 years prior to that. So uh, lots of different roles, but I've focused more on tech in the last seven or eight years. Uh, and it's been it's been good, uh, you know, been able to do things like become a Google trainer and a Google innovator. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I do uh, web development and stuff like that on the side, sort of as a, as a side gig. Uh, and so that uh, it's pretty busy, but uh, fun all around. Okay. Well, um, uh, we're we're hoping, guys. Are are, are we gonna are we going to release this as a crossover episode? That was my hope. Okay. We uh, we haven't put one out in a while. It's really, like you said, the Christmas has kind of ta- come up at a uh, a time where it was a sort of a good time for a lull in our podcast. But this is a good way to kind of get us back. And we're kind of transitioning a little bit too. And we're uh, we're kind of excited to see how the the crossover goes and maybe cool. we'll get some new listeners and maybe you guys might get some new listeners and we're hoping yeah. that the that continues to grow from there yeah we'd like to go up from maybe four to five listeners to five we're, we're hoping to get that good. fifth listener it'd be amazing <laughs> yeah. double digits would be just I, i'm already crazy. listening so it's up to nick to <laughs> oh, okay so it's it's matt and then i think it's my parents so yeah, thanks right. guys <laughs> So no, we love our listeners. We do. Well, well, for your listeners, we'd we'd love to uh, uh, build some listenership too. So my name is Matt Jacobs, and I'm currently the online learning special uh, coordinator, I should say, for the Learning Technology Center of Illinois. And before that, I had a role in a different school district, very similar to David's, um, and that's where I met this other guy on the call, Nick Sutton, when he was actually in the classroom and has risen up through the ranks. So uh, Nick, you want to tell uh, David and Adam's listeners a little bit about yourself? For all your listeners out there. I mean, like I've kind of always said to ours, like I'm a middle school guy. I I always will be. I always consider myself that that's kind of where my, my passion lies. So middle school teacher, a couple of different grades, a couple of different content areas, uh, middle school principal, a couple of different settings and, now, now up in the superintendent position, um, love it. And, but I, I still see myself as a, as an educator that really has, um, areas of passion at the middle school level and just trying to do the best I can and always trying to grow like everybody else. I, I think more than anything, that's, that's the biggest reason I like doing this podcasting. It is like the most, and I've heard you guys kind of use some of these, these, these descriptions. It's just a informal laid back, great way to grow professionally and also your network and it's it's great it's great yeah absolutely so um david and adam um you guys were talking about the southern illinois uh geg um can you tell us a little bit about 
the the Google Educator Group and and what your goals are? Dave, I'll let you go. Okay. I feel like I talk too much sometimes. No, no. Um, so the GEG was something that um, I think we we both had been aware of for a while. And if, you, if you're not sure what that is, uh, essentially what it's become is a group of educators in a specific area um, throughout the country and throughout the world. Now it's, it's, it's on a global scale too, that just come together and they try to share out best practices, whether those be uh, primarily educational based or, you know, um, in-class based or teaching strategies. Um, and they do a lot of uh, PD, a lot of um, tech support, and it's just this free to belong to organization that's primarily uh, supported by Google. And uh, so with the pandemic going on, I think a lot of us that are in these uh, supportive roles, we were reaching out, working with our teachers and kind of doing our own thing in our own little world. And uh, I think he and I both realized that, hey, there's probably a need for something like this to exist in our area because we have a lot of islands where school districts are implementing these things on their own. And we wanted a way to connect all these awesome educators that are in our area. And uh, so rather than do an entire Illinois one, there's a Chicago area one. Um, we're going to try to do a Google education group in Southern Illinois. And I think we have a pretty unique way that we're going to do that. Um, Cause a lot of times these are predicated on sharing out best practices and uh, tech updates. And a lot of people will do this in you know, on YouTube or they'll do some type of virtual meeting. Uh, but um, Adam, why don't you share what our, our unique idea is going to be for, uh, uh, for pushing this out to everybody and connecting? Well, the plan is to do a podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's where we tend to kind of go with our brains nowadays. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, that, well, how can we get this out to people? Well, a podcast would be the best way. And so, um, you know, we really do think that this is, it's a good means of presenting information in a way that people can access it whenever. And I think one of my favorite parts about, about podcasts is that they can be, you can access a podcast at any time. You don't necessarily have to set the time aside like you would necessarily like a video. You're like, I got to sit down and watch this hour long video and figure this out. Um, you can be driving in your car. You can be mowing your lawn. You could mm -hmm. be sitting outside by the pool. You can be doing all sorts of things and still get the information from, from a podcast um, that you, you may not sit down and do that for a YouTube video or especially a scheduled meeting like a lot of the GEGs are. And we're, so we're kind of thinking maybe this is a, you know, a more of an on-demand um, element to it. And I know, you know, with the pandemic and, and the, um, the thrust of teachers as into technology that we've seen in the last couple of years, sometimes the interest in learning something new and expanding and trying something different is not always there in, in a situation like this where they're kind of having it, you know, right. shoved down their throats. Um, but we're hoping that we'll start to see that wane a bit, uh, especially as the school year comes to an end and we start to see the summer. And again, we said this last year, but maybe things come back a little bit back to normal. Um, you know, and Illinois got funky technology laws that kind of prevent people from exploring and trying new things without getting, you know, the SOPA agreements or SOPA, however you pronounce it. Um, and so we're kind of hoping to curb a lot of that or handle a lot of those issues um, for Illinois teachers, specifically ones not by a large city. Uh, as Dave said, there's a lot of islands of, of districts that use Google and don't necessarily get the training or don't have the resources that they could. Um, you know, and the LTC is great at that. I don't I don't want to say that, you know, that, that there aren't resources out there uh, because there absolutely are. Sometimes um, they just need something maybe a little more simple or, you know, who knows? We're hoping to, to fill some of those gaps. I think what I like 
about, and I don't even know if you realized it, but this is where my brain went. Just like public education during COVID kind of realized that learning doesn't need to be 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. anymore. It right. needs to just kind of take place when it is when natural. It yeah. yeah, it's the it's the same way with professional development for educators totally and, and podcasts and the type of networking groups that you talk about. It fits in that way. It should be 24 seven based upon when the need arise arises and, and the availability is there. So I, 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 right away, I saw the correlation and I, I think it'll grow just like it kind of has with the acceptance of, of e-learning. I mean, right. it's, it's a norm right now. If, mm-hmm. if, if you would have suggested just, man, boy, even three years ago, Hey, all these different districts during a giant snowstorm, we're just going to do an e-learning day. It would have been met with so much confusion and reservations. Right. And now it's like, Oh, Okay. So the time is right to kind of shift how we look at professional development. It should be more than a PowerPoint on an Institute day. Right. Totally agree. So do you guys do, do I, I used to belong to, it was the downstate Illinois or central Illinois GEG. um, And, and I've, I've kind of stepped back from that a little bit. They used to use Google groups, which is a little known application Mm -hmm. that was like hidden in, in the the bowels of of g suite or google for education or whatever it was and they would post on google plus <laughs> wow <laughs> you know yes. um, did they have a myspace page too they or might have post just for music just for music that yeah that's uh that's old school well old school. we definitely are we still we we have um over like the past like four or five years, we've tried to bring this back. Like not necessarily Dave and I, but uh, another guy that I worked with and I kind of tried it a few years ago at IETC and and it did pick up a little speed, but then like, you know how it gets people, especially yeah. for volunteer projects like this, they kind of fall away. But we have something like, what do we count just the other day? Like 370 people or something have, have filled out the form to join the GEG. So, and they're yeah. all in the Google group and we, right. it does exist. Nice. Uh, and we've sent out a few things here and there, but we, you know, want to get, we want to pick it back up, uh, in a real fashion. Uh, and hopefully maybe the, the podcast will kind of spur that on. And we, well. we've talked about doing live recordings too, or, or at least doing recordings where people could pop on and view them yeah. in some way or listen in. And, and I, I like that idea too, because I, I know I've had probably eight or 10 people who have shared that they would love to be involved in that way too. So I, right. I think that, um, I think this stuff is, it can be exhausting, especially post pandemic, but I do think people are starting to accept that this is kind of a new reality and how we can apply these tools going forward. And so maybe not be as apprehensive to it. I think if we had talked about doing something like this a year ago, maybe people would have been like, you guys need to calm down. But I, right. I think maybe now it's it's probably a good time for us to make this push. So. I com- completely agree. Completely agree. Everything has been shifted upside down. Right. And so now it's the time to kind of, to kind of look at stuff. So I, I don't know about you guys on your podcast, but sometimes speaking and looking at stuff, we we try to take a little time and do a little shout out to the sponsors um, that help make this uh, podcast available and and exist. So, what do you think, Matt? Is it time to take a little break and do a little recognition for them? So, welcome back to our little episode here, everybody. You know, I I, I was just saying, I'm thinking to myself, you know, we're we're talking about what's changed, what's, what should be embraced, what should be let go. So I guess here'd be my question to you three folks and and for everybody out there listening, kind of maybe ask yourself this kind of rhetorically, like we can't help what's happened with this whole COVID experience, but, but it happened. So 
what do we what do we leave behind now? What do we need to retire? Because we all know what we need to embrace now. Uh, well, and I and this fits because I think Dave just a little bit ago tweeted this out. Um, the I think in a general sense, the the concepts of this is how I've always done it, um, and you know this is what this is how I've always done it in my career. Whatever that concept just needs to be removed from education altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's no way that innovation can happen if we are constantly looking and comparing to what we've done in the past. Um, and, you know, so with that in mind, I, I feel like one thing that we can, and again, fitting that we, as we're recording this, we happen to be in the midst of, um, you know, Snowmageddon 2022 <laughs> here in the, in Southern Illinois. Uh, we've got yeah. something like 10 to 12 inches or something in the last two days and it's still snowing. They said it was going to stop at one o'clock. So that was like three hours ago. Uh, but, um, anyway, uh, you know, the the kids are remote learning now. I don't know how it's not the same, obviously, and they're not getting the same, uh, you know, level of content and level of personalization and that kind of thing today that they would be getting if they were in school. However, um, the concept of e-learning is definitely something that I think should stick around, um, simply because, uh, you know, as teaching for however many years when a kid was sick or a kid had, uh, surgery, or for whatever reason, they were gone for an extended period of time. Um, recovery time was incredibly difficult. If we can limit that somehow by them still being able to participate virtually, I think that's something that school districts need to keep kind of in the back pocket, not for every case necessarily, because I know that, you know, people could tend to take advantage of something like that. But for a, a real situation, I mean, I can't tell you how many athletes I had that broke their leg and were in the hospital for a week. You know, they're dealing with that. They're dealing with the fact they're not going to play any more sports. And now they're a week behind in school. Like that is an impossible situation to come back from. Uh, and so that's situations like that, I think kind of need the growth that we've seen over the last year. Cause it's uh, avoidable now learning. Totally. I, avoidable. I agree with everything Absolutely. you're saying. It's now avoidable and, and nobody right. can say, well, that's impossible. No, we've done right. it. And we did right. it with very, very little prep when we didn't have a choice. Right. Exactly. And I think teachers need to sort of be willing. It, it is extra work. I know that it's extra work. It's not like it's going to be simpler to do that, but you know, if teachers kind of have that in mind as they're planning their, their lessons and where they're putting their information, can a person who's going to be gone for a week, follow along with what you're doing in class. And I think that that's, you know, something that, that a teacher can set up pretty easily from the get-go. Uh, and I did that. That was what I did. I had a website I updated every single day that went through everything that we're doing in class with links to everything. Yeah. It took me 10, 15 extra minutes every morning, but man, it was great to have that resource to always say, here's what we're doing. I didn't have to put extra stuff together when a kid was gone. You know, uh, homebound teachers could participate easily. Parents were like, what's going on in class? I'm like, here it is. So it's possible for sure. Uh, it's just a mindset that, that we need to get into now that this is kind of the norm, like you said. Well, and, le- and let's not forget this about e-learning. You know, the, the idea behind e-learning is that we are replacing snow days with the idea that when you take a snow day, you're going to make it up at the end of the year. And I would argue that the uh, the level and quality of learning that takes place on May 21st um, is worse than what you're getting out of e-learning. I mean, we know that, right? If you throw five extra days on at the end, just so you can get your 180 days in the school, you're totally <laughs> That's fine. A great point. But yeah. those five days, I, I mean, if we're going to go by, and this was just my hill that I'll die on with this and I get all fired up about it. But if we're going to if we're going to start looking at quality of learning times, then we really should only be in school for like three weeks out of the year. 
because there's always things that are interruptions. There's yeah. always times that throw you off. So we need to be embracing right. this. My, you know, my, my takeaway from all this has been uh, scheduling state of mm. Illinois. I know it's, it's your, your state board of education in all States is an easy punching bag. I get that. But the state of Illinois provides you with parameters as to how you're supposed to make things work. They don't provide you with, they don't say the way that, you know, this school in Springfield does things is the correct thing. And we expect to see this from everyone. And so I feel like we now have been emboldened to work outside of the margins and make things work for your specific community. And to me, that's what I take away from this. You know, we, we've been looking at how we can better implement PD next year. And um, I know my superintendent, if he listens to this, he'll be like, oh my God, shut up, David. But, you know, I've been, I've been driving him crazy with different ideas as to how we can um, change up our schedule because we have a unique situation being in a rural community. Uh, we're very small. And so, you know, what are some things that we can do to make things different? And, uh, you know, we've been looking at potentially doing one remote learning day every month. And this would be a remote, essentially a remote learning day for, you know, what to whatever point. So it counts as a full day. And the rest of that time can be focused on PD or meeting in our um, professional uh, learning groups or, you know, whatever we need to do to facilitate that or just give teachers time to work on those days. And so we can still count them as as days and how we can uh, just I think refit that schedule. So, so to me, you know, I feel like right now is such a good time to, to rethink that and not go back to the way things were, because I think uh, you see it all the time on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, how many people are walking away from the job. And the reason they're walking away from the job is because they don't feel like there's any wind at their back. And I feel like if you approached your school and said, Hey, look, this is what we have to do. How can we make this the best we can for our kids? There's not a single teacher on the planet who's not going to embrace that and put forth effort for that. So to me, that, that's the most important thing. It's, it's, it's take away that idea of how can we take schedules? How can we take that day-to-day and do things in a different way that work for us? Because I think that if you embrace something like that, you're going to be doing some awesome things. I, <laughs> my, my, my input is going to be mm-hmm. concise because I agree with everything you just said. Like, yeah. I think the, the silver bullet answer here is just don't think the answer is what it's always been. Like that has never went well. And I think it creates a little bit of a mindset where growth becomes really hard. So, I mean, I, right. I, I could just reiterate everything that you just said. I, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I just agree. Um, Matt, where, where's your brain go with this? Oh, what, what do you, what do you keep? What do you leave behind? Um, I'm again, I'm, I'm with you guys hundred percent. Um, if you think about learning, um, um, you know, capital L, when does it happen? It, we've always said we want kids to become lifelong learners. Life happens outside of school hours. If a kid wants to learn something today, they don't, you know, go down to their corner bookstore or even order a book on Amazon. They don't enroll in a, a, an after school course to learn more. What do they do? They go to YouTube and they learn about it right when they need to know about it. The, the idea that educators and, and educators are working hard. I'm, this is not a dig by any means, 
But that mindset that many of us had when we first got out of college was, I am the keeper of all knowledge and I will instill it into you and, and write upon your tabula rasa, right, is dead. That's got to die. Yes, a lecture is probably the most efficient way of, of, of you know, imparting knowledge to someone else, but it's really time that we as educators become that facilitator and supporter of learner of learning, not the, the director and instiller of knowledge. And I hope that, you know, whether we did e-learning perfectly the first time around um, or not, I, I think we've learned that we can support kids anytime, anywhere in learning. And I hope that we can continue that. One of the things I hope we get rid of is the concept that our teachers are employees, that they are numbers to fill classrooms. Our teachers need a little grace, a lot of grace. Um, they need support. They need to be viewed not as employees, but as human beings with lives outside of a workplace. And I think in, in many cases, you know, we were... Uh, Pre-pandemic, a lot of people were, you know, let's run this school like a business and, and treat our teachers like the employees that we all were. Um, and the, the human element, I think, was getting lost very often. And I hope we can leave behind that idea that teachers are employees and schools are businesses and understand that we're all people who need a little grace, who deserve and have earned that grace. And if we work together, we can support each other in learning and in life in general. Oh, wow. Yeah, somebody, awesome. somebody caught that answer. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, ditto. It's, uh, it's interesting that you bring that up, Matt. So my wife uh, teaches social studies uh, at a high school nearby here, and she has a student teacher this year. And, uh, he's, he's been great. She was all excited because he's been, he's been really good. Has a great rapport with the kids, uh, seems, you know, excited about the, the content and was asking when he was going to take over government and all this stuff. And, uh, I guess it was Tuesday. He came in and said that he was done and he was leaving the whole program altogether that he, that, that teaching the way that teaching was, and he had a great relationship with her. I mean, that wasn't so much that it wasn't the kids. He's like teaching as a whole. Uh, it just doesn't seem like it's something I want to do for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and some of that was financial too, I think, because, you know, when you student teach you, you, you have to work an evening job. It's like, you're working, you know, 24 hours a day to try right. to make ends eat. And I remember that that was crazy. You know, when I was student teaching, um, you know, so, I mean, I think that played into it some, um, but I think that's a great representation of, of what it looks like from the outside, you know? And so people are like, yeah, how can you leave in the middle of the program? And then they think about it for a minute and they're like, 
uh, yeah, I kind of get it. You know, like good right. for him for figuring it out before he put 20 years into it and hated his job, you know, like that. And I think that that's really interesting. It says a lot about the teachers who are still with us and are doing their jobs well, because right. I think that again, just like exerts the fact that the, the teachers are special people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I feel like the teaching profession, if we, if we do treat people like humans and less like numbers and, you know, understand that when, when the workday's over, sometimes it's okay to not take hours and hours and hours of grading home, uh, you know, like, and where those expectations come into play, I think we'll have more and we'll have better teachers. Um, it was really, it was really eye-opening and interesting to have that experience this week. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that a lot of people can probably relate to it. Unfortunately, it's it's that push of treating education like it's a science and not an art. And it's and that's never been true. You know what I mean? It's never been number driven. It's never been if I put in this time, then my kids grades will go up nine percent. But if I put in this time, then they'll go up 10 percent. You know, there's so much nuance to it that I think that if if we're pushing that idea that teaching is a science, then we're always going to fail. And you're always going to have those individuals who feel frustrated with that, where if we treat it like an art, understand there's nuance to it and personality to it and human, you know, human beings involved. I think you're, you're much more able to succeed with that. And it's, I was going to say, and it's, and it's almost beautiful and it's tragic that it took right. a pandemic for people to kind of realize right. that um, people need to be mindful of themselves and their mental health more than ever before. So I guess, I mean, if you bring up the topic of mental health and kind of that whole realm of thinking, it's, it's never been more applicable. So like, how do each of you balance that right now? How, how do you put yourself at your best place per personally to be at your best professionally? And then how do you perpetuate that to others? Hmm. Uh, I, you know, one of the biggest ways that I'm able to find that balance is, is obviously through family. You see that I'm sure a lot of people, friends and family are the things that keep us going. Um, and you know, right now, like my kids are both, uh, I have twin teenagers they are, they're going to be turning 17 here, uh, in about a month and a half and they are, they're active in their school. They go, they're in the, you know, the pep clubs, they go to all the games. Um, they're in sports. They're, well, they're as active as, as we would hope that kids would be in their school. Um, and so we get to kind of live that as well. Uh, you know, when their sports are going to be starting here in the spring, they're both going to be playing sports this spring and, and we can't wait. Like, that's the thing that I'm looking forward to is leaving work, you know, at four in the afternoon and going to a game like that, for whatever reason, that makes my days easier when I know that I'm going to have that in the afternoon, regardless of what game they're going to, if they're playing or they're not playing, like that's the stuff that, that I love. And that's the balance between, you know, being at work all day and then being able to spend time, you know, supporting friends and family in the afternoon. Um, that would, that's number one, um, from my list. I'll let you guys talk. And then if we come back up to number two, I can talk about number two. Well, I, I'm here. I'll, it's family. It's family. It's family. It's family. It's, it's being mindful that you don't give up those moments or those experiences because once you do, you don't get them back. Like it, it's, it's just really that simple. And I think I've made those mistakes as an administrator. I made them a lot earlier in my career. And I feel like there's just so many educators that have to realize that the, the beautiful part about education is there's never a finish line. You can always get better. And the worst part about education is there's no finish line. You can always <laughs> yeah, get right, better. Right, 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 and, right. and it's, it's, it's kind of acknowledging, acknowledging that like, you're never going to get there, but, but the, 
the best part about this career is trying to find a pace that fits for you. And that pace can, can change at different points in your life where you're continually moving forward, but you're doing so within the pace that, that your, that your life is foundational based upon your personal life. And, and I, I just think when people get that backwards, that that's when bad things happen. I, I, I at least know for me, this, this whole COVID experience has kind of solidified that more than ever before. Like when I go home at night, I purposefully turn off the email account for my, for my school. Like I, if somebody really needs me, they'll call or text me mm-hmm. uh, on the weekends. Like I don't respond to emails. Like I've, I've just realized like getting some of these reports done or doing one more thing or answering one more email, it, it doesn't make a giant difference, but, but experiencing, you know, me being at my complete self, when I sit down with my family for dinner, that can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. And then it indirectly puts me at my best place to, to come to work the next day. And I, I just, I feel like that's just been more solidified than ever before. Mm-hmm. There's a teacher in our district who just took three personal days because her mother turned 50. And so um, they got, they, they went to Lake of the Ozarks and uh, they got a cabin and they went and uh, she was very concerned because she took her personal days last Thursday, Friday, and Monday of this week. And uh, somebody had told her that's typically not what you do. You don't take your personal days like that for a vacation in the middle of the year. And she asked me my opinion. I said, they're your personal days, do whatever you want. And right. I feel like that attitude of, of not separating of not finding that that center or finding that purpose outside is is really hard and it's really important because otherwise you know those successes and failures you always want to be on that emotional roller coaster um and and you have to be able to leave things in their appropriate place and like nick said that doesn't mean not doing your job you know you do your job and you still put in the time and effort that's appropriate and you understand that sometimes it's going to require you to put in more and sometimes it's going to require you to do less but i think just finding that that way to be centered. I know in our family where we have a very small family, it's my wife and my daughter and I, and um, my wife and I are really big into just being active. Well, we, we really like exercise and getting out and doing stuff, although it's kind of hard when there's, you know, a foot of snow on the ground, <laughs> but I think, I, I think there's always shoveling. There's That's always shoveling. Great, great not on, not on my lane. My friend already right. got somebody booked to do that, but nice. Um, <laughs> but that and, and music is big for us. Uh, my, my wife and I, uh, got really big into vinyl when everybody else did. So it's not actually that cool, but, um, we, we're big music fans and, um, just putting on a record and cooking sometimes and just turning everything off is a really easy way to be centered. Or my daughter sings in the St. Louis children's choir and she's involved in plays and musicals and all that. Like Adam said, just that time of seeing her, it's been able, I've been able to keep my sanity through all this. Um, and like Nick said, knowing your boundaries of, of turning things off and walking away when it's appropriate. And I, I, I've taken that same advice, you know, my, my emails turned off, everything's turned off on the weekend. And if it's that big of an emergency, you'll get in contact with me. So I, I think it's just understanding how to find boundaries, but you know, if you're somebody who's a young teacher, you know, and you're like year two or year three, it takes time mm-hmm. and, and it takes time to feel confident in your abilities and comfortable in yourself enough to, to make those boundaries. And, and unfortunately, you know, that's the thing I think sometimes in education that we don't allow ourselves is that time for experience and that time for grace. So mm-hmm. Have, agree a hundred percent. 
Um, it, it's it's really hard when you're when you're a first or second year teacher to to find that balance. There's there's no there's no class in college that right. teaches you work life balance. Yeah. Uh, and and good lord there should be um i'm 50 something or other years old and i'm still trying to figure it out mm-hmm. um i'm a hell of a lot better at it now than i used to be mm-hmm. um and and part of that you know i'm echoing everything that you guys are saying um on my pixel my phone i i have turned off almost all of my email and and all of my social media um, I have two social media accounts that I use and that's it. Um, and, uh, so anyway, it, rather than saying, yeah, I do all those things too. And I value all those things, which I do. Um, one of the things I started to do about two years ago is every morning, you know, I, I still keep a planner, um, and every morning, I, before I plan my day, I sit down and I write down with an actual pen, says the tech guy. Um, (laughs) Now it's in a rocket book, so I can snap it. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) With your Apple pen on your iPad. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, But real old school stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But every morning I write down three things I am grateful for. And before I, I do anything else, uh, I, you know, what am I grateful for? What am I excited about during the day? And I make time each day to block out and, and exercise those things I'm grateful for, you know, uh, grateful for Shelly's love and support every day. And so I, I make time to spend with her. Um, I am, you know, sometimes it's something as simple as a good cup of coffee because it's snowing outside. Hmm. Other days it's, man, the sun is finally shining. I'm going to, I'm grateful for that sunshine. So I'm going to go out and take a walk around the block just to get out and appreciate nature. Um, And then at the end of the day, Um, before I go home at night, I reflect on my day and I celebrate three things that I did really well during the day. And that has helped with my balance, my, my feeling of mental centeredness and emotional centeredness, um, more than about anything else I know. Um, and, and once every month or two, I sit down and I write a good old fashioned thank you card to someone that I have, uh, uh, you know, when I, when I write down my, my gratitude journal, um, if, if there's someone who has come up in the past month that I haven't gotten in touch with in a long time, I write them an actual card and lick a stamp. Well, I don't lick the stamp, but stick a stamp on an envelope and mail it to them. And every time I do that, I get a response back from them. It's fantastic. So practicing gratitude, mindfully 
practicing gratitude has been huge for me, especially during this pandemic. And, and, you know, just to echo what Matt's saying here, if, if you're in area five at all, uh, the Southern Illinois um, regional offices of education or the counties, there's a big initiative right now for SEL um, to be implemented in school districts. And what's funny is that to hear Matt talk about taking that mindfulness, I think when schools have signed up to be a part of this SEL initiative in these cohorts, schools are assuming that we're going to get somebody to come in and teach a lesson once a week. And week one, we're talking about mindfulness. Next week, we're talking about respect. And it's been the exact opposite of that. It has been, we've worked with somebody who's come in and has assessed uh, what the need of your school is. It might be, we need to focus on helping the kids, but it might be, we need to focus on helping the teachers first. And what that ends up being Almost everything that Matt is talking about here are things that we have worked on implementing. It's been, um, you know, taking time to journal, to center yourself each day, taking time to breathe mindfully, to refocus yourself periodically throughout the day, uh, you know, not to give too big of a peek behind the curtain. But um, in our community that I work in, we, we have a large amount of students that suffer from uh, major trauma, pretty much pre-K to 12. And mm -hmm. so just taking that mindfulness time. And, and that was what was just kind of amazing to see that take place. It was, it wasn't so much that we had somebody coming with these out of the box lessons that we were going to push. It was so much more meditative and centered and mindful in what we were doing. And uh, if you have the ability to see uh, it, it's another Matt here, Matt Weld, who does this uh, training, it is truly, I mean, next level. He is working currently with our uh, credit recovery students Mm -hmm. These are students who unfortunately, you know, have had to drop out of school for whatever reason, and they're coming back or students that are getting their GED and, and the work that he has done is just mind blowing. And, and, and all just, he doesn't bring any tricks. He doesn't bring any, you know, anything special. He just brings himself and he does not to say that Matt's not special. He knows I love him, but um, he just brings himself and does these things with the kids. And it's just so impactful and powerful. So to, to piggyback on the back of what Matt is saying, you know, finding that way to be mindful is just such a powerful thing, especially after we've gone through such a hard couple of years here. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think support is the key. Um, you know, finding your happy and surrounding yourself with it um, and learning to identify what that is. Um, is will make a huge difference, whether it's pandemic or beyond. Uh, and I hope everybody um, who's listening can find that support. Um, if you're looking for some, some support, you got four guys right here who would be more than happy to help you out. Um, so Adam, David, if somebody wanted to uh, reach out to you there in the Southern Illinois region for some support, some uh, ed tech uh, uh, distilled support, or 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 maybe to uh, get you a beverage at the local watering hole when you're <laughs> oh, not. No. Now you're talking. Yeah, there you that's the lead in right there. Uh, with, right. <laughs> when you're Talk not self-care. <laughs> um, how could people reach out to you, Adam and David? Um, are you out there on the Twitters or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. That's probably the easiest way mm. uh, to get a hold of either one of us. Um, my handle is is Adam Geisen, just A D A M G E I S E N, all one word, um, which is pretty easy to find there. And Dave, you can say it. I don't, I don't oh, okay. Thank you. Mine yeah. is at <laughs> at at Mister Lurch Class. 
And if you just look me up, it'll come up. I don't think there's anybody yeah. who has my last name. It's L-E-R-C-H. Okay. So uh, after 15 years of kids asking me, is it L-U-R-C-H? It is not L-E-R-C-H. But that's the best way, I think, to reach out. Yeah. So. Okay. You can also, uh, if you're interested in, like, if you if people are, uh, they get on the podcast and they want to join or want to, um, you know, be a guest spot or have something to add, um, you can find the website at edtechdistilled.com. And if you uh, click up there on the join the conversation icon, it'll take you right to a form that fills it out. And we've, we've gotten some pretty great guests from that form. So we're, uh, we always love to send that out. Um, and that's a good way just to kind of get in touch with us and we'll, you know, get back with you and work something out if it works. That's how we got, that's how this episode came around. Um, hey, hey, Nick, for the EdTech Distilled uh, listeners, how can people get in touch with you if they're up there in that Chicagoland area? Absolutely. Um, I love Twitter like everybody else, at Dr. Nick Sutton. Um, and Mr. Matt, what about you? I am at Yoda Matt 68 And uh, if you're interested in following along on our podcast, you can find us out there on Anchor, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, and on our our good friends at Spotify as well. And frankly, you can just go visit our website also at www.learningthroughleading.com. While you're there, check out our uh, EduMatch page where you can enroll in courses and uh, browse through some of their printed material. I, I, I believe a certain someone has a uh, a book that is already out. Is that right, Dr. Nick? You are promoting my self-worth and I appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm honored and humbled, but there's lots of great stuff out there. And, and if anything, the, the one theme of this episode is there's so many great people out there in, in the education field, and we're all the just there to kind of have each other's back. So uh, well said, Mr. Matt. Well, we, we hope uh, that you've all enjoyed our time uh, with uh, David and Adam from EdTech Distilled, and we hope you'll come back again in a couple of weeks uh, for our next episode of the Learning Through Leading podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Good talking to you guys. We appreciate it. Stay warm.